Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome to the Listics AFL podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norden, and here with me, as always, is a good old Sean Lewis. Sean, how you doing, mate? Good, mate. Uh, I'm not sure why I'm old this week, but uh, you're a dinosaur, feel, mate. I I'm, do a, feel... I'm a lean, fit, and fighting uh, 29 year old, and you were way way in your 30s now. So I'm 31. Mate. Yeah, so way into my 30s. Yeah, full on dinosaur. Um, what do we got this week, mate? So we're going to get into the dogs. Um, we, we covered. Woof, woof, here we, we come. Covered Essendon earlier in the week. Um, we are going to try to make this podcast a little bit faster than a normal one. So. Uh, bear with me while I get into podcasting mode. Uh, and yep, we, and we do have some questions from uh, some Twitter people. Okay, we, we will answer them at the end of the pod. How's that? How's yeah, that yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely so you, fine. You make sure they're up and ready. Uh, so the dogs, the dogs are the sixth or seventh oldest team in the competition, or youngest team in the competition. Which I mean, I think most people understand, and they're about eighth in the uh, amount of games played as well, eighth youngest. So. They are still one of the younger teams in the competition, but not that much younger than everyone now. So they are moving out of that range. Um, And as for their list build, they've got three rucks, three key forwards, uh, seven general forwards, nine general defenders, seven key defenders, and 16 mids. So, I mean, that, that... It's not a great profile. No, I mean, but that more than anything sums up the dogs. Like, they've got heaps of mids um, and not many key forwards... Or, or bigs, like not many key forwards, rucks, and, and key defenders. Because, I mean, even though some of those key defenders are some of the ones with some of the poorer stats in um, yeah. in the league. So And Dale Morris is obviously retired. Yeah. So which, that leaves a huge hole. Yeah, exactly. Further sort of strains that. Um, so as far as um, strengths and weaknesses goes, it is one of the, uh, the weaker lists. I mean... I think that they're still. I don't a, think it's a harsh thing to say. I don't think it's a weak. It's not a weak I don't think list. It's a weak list. I think it's a yeah in, imbalanced I mis- list. I misspoke. Um, I, I said last year during uh, during this podcast that the Western Bulldogs I felt had the best young midfield in the AFL. They still do, uh, and I still think they do. So I obviously think quite highly of them in that regard. And I think that the fact that they've also got uh, Tim English in a young, tall, superstar ruck in the making. And they've also got Aaron Norton, who should go back to defence, and he's a key defender. Yeah, exactly. So they've got some really, really top-end players there. Yeah, for me, if anything, um, trying to get into finals right now, I mean, probably you're just trying to be the best team that you possibly can be, and I think that's the right thing for the Western Bulldogs, but I, I don't see them being a real threat uh, for two to three years. I think the late-season yeah. form sort of set off uh, offset from the early-season form, and they also, in the back half of the year, smacked or beat a couple of teams that were having form slumps, as in Geelong off a bye, uh, Essendon towards the end of the year when they had injuries, GWS towards the end of the year when they had injuries. Um, and that, that happened to the and They smacked a couple of the teams that were falling out of finals and as well. Where they finished last year, I think it was 13th, so they were on the edge of the, the beneficial 
area for for fixtures yep and that helps um i mean look they had an amazing run into finals and a super effort but again a bit like when they won the flag they probably outperformed where their profile is and i think they did that again this year that said i do think next year they should finish where they finished this year so i think i don't see them going backwards um what were the big moves, mate? Yeah, um, so Dalhouse Del- had- out was um, was an obviously fairly big thing. Yeah. Um, they were able to attract some role players in guys like Sam Lloyd and Taylor Duray, which I think were really smart acquisitions because they did fill uh, gaps on the list. Uh, they also well, let- they lost Marcus Adams, unfortunately, and they're probably going to let go of Roughhead. They got they let go of him for effectively nothing. So two of the players that if they had them on the list, not that they were playing Roughhead as a key defender. But probably would be, if those two were still on the list, the two highest ranked key defenders on their list. So uh, I know Marcus Adams has had an injury, an injured year, and pick 32 and a third round pick for him is actually pretty good value. But yep. uh, losing Roughhead for effectively nothing when he wasn't offering value to the club before that was um, a bit unfortunate. Um, and they're obviously able to bring in Bailey Smith via the draft, which was the which was the big win. Like that was really the best slot to be drafting in. Um, the a Victorian club drafting with the last pick in that super bunch that wasn't compromised. So yep. obviously there were compromised selections with Blakey and Thomas, but Bailey Smith um, could like would have been a top three selection in this draft. Um, there would have been chatter about whether he could have gone pick one. So. He um well, he's, he was I mean for a long time he was considered uh, top five in last year's draft and it was only really um, niggling injuries over the year that probably pushed him to slide and then some extremely good form from Connor Rosie and and Ben King absolutely monstering defenses that really pushed him backwards. Yep. So I mean overall he yeah I think yeah he, look this year he would be debated about him amongst. Anderson and Rao, he would be as accomplished as either of those and, and could justifiably um, probably uh, fit as a top three pick this year pretty comfortably. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I mean, if we look at their top players, again, it's something similar like Essendon where their top um, top players now are also looking like they're going to be their top players into the future. Yep. Uh, Bonson Pally, McRae, Dunkley, uh, and then probably Aaron Norton and um, Tim, Tim English. English would be the other two most important players to them and that's going to be the same going forward which is really good scope going forward because they're not even the they're not even that's not even all of their good young players so no. Bailey Smith is obviously not included in that Ed Richards uh, Ed Richards exactly Toby McLean um, who I'm not sure if he's going to be at the club going forward but Cal that, Daniel. that's something that I can talk about Cal Daniel a lot Jason Johansson a lot of young players that are still really really good Lockie Hunter obviously I think won their best and fairest last year so they do have a really good young list I think they just need to be complemented with again some more mid-career experience and their role players that they brought in in Duray and Lloyd show how important that can be um, because they play roles. They're good yeah. enough to be best 22 AFL players, so why not at the Western Bulldogs? Um, and, and, it, and I think with, with those key players, you know, you can sit back and see how they're, they're you know, in barring serious injury, they're going to be a dominant force in the AFL for the next five, ten years if they make the right moves now. If they make the right moves now, yeah. I mean, that, I think that there are definitely a finals team um, going forward uh, it just depends on as you said what, what kind of moves they make 
Yeah. Um, while you're having a bit of a yawn, the good, um, obviously, we've been just speaking about it, high-quality youth. They're, they're, they're up and you know, a lot of their youth players is exceptional, like your Jack McRae's, your Bonts, this kind of stuff. They're all not even in prime career yet, and they're all performing at elite production levels. Yeah, and- they, have, they have about five players on the list at the moment that I believe could some stage over the next 10 years, if they're not already, be top 10 players in the competition. So Bonts and Pally is already there. McRae's far off. McRae's in that conversation for about that range. And Norton, English, um, and... I Even Bailey Smith. Bailey yeah. Smith was the other one I was thinking of. Um, I didn't have it written down in front of me. Um, I was tossing up Dunkley, but I don't think that he's quite there. I think he's more of the Tom Mitchell type. Correct. Um, not to say that's not an no, elite it's Not an important role, but just not a hyper-damaging, um, which for me makes you a top 10 in the competition. And like Having that many players that could potentially be in that area is fantastic. Uh, they just need to iron out some deficiencies. So when you look at some of the bad, it's that they have some of their players that are definitely in their best 22 at the moment that are playing what would be probably considered for the rest of the league not best 22 footy. Um, so guys that are good role players like uh, your Zane Cordy uh, type of players, and there are a couple of other role players. In that oh, Jackson Trengove as well. Yeah, exactly. They, play, they do end up playing a fair chunk of games. They're just not... Like they either have a really high loss rate uh, for one on ones out of the defenders, or they they don't do a whole lot back the other way, and they are good, as I said, good role players. But in those areas of the ground where it's really important, um, they obviously have Shacky as a forward as well, and he's developing. So that you I think can... Shacky's shown enough this year to say he's on the right path. He yeah he is. But okay then, so Shacky Billy Gowers, I know that he didn't play all games this year. But Billy Gowers is another one of those players, and they're probably short a key forward as well, like a, a, a second well, or third key forward. I mean, that's that's the other part of the bad. Is I mean, I'd almost say it's the ugly, the the lack of key forwards and and rucks there is is just hideous. They, I mean, they've got English who's going to be a future ruck star in our opinion. Um, but you know, you've left him to the Wolves this year, and sure enough, I know Collingwood did it with Grundy, but but Collingwood also had Wits there as well. Yeah, and and, and, it, and we had before Wits and Grundy, we had, had Hudson. Hudson, who was playing with one of those two, whichever one was playing that week. So and and so for them, what I look at is they they let Roughhead go and they weren't playing as a key defender, but then they've gone and picked up um, uh, who's the Collingwood guy? That, no, not Collingwood, Jackson Trengove. Yeah. So Jackson Trengove, and then they're playing him the same way they played Roughhead. And I thought that, you know, I think I said it last year, that's a your same player. You're like, that's effectively what you got is the same player you've just let go for pick 70. And it just didn't make a lot of sense to me, apart from just churn. But, yeah. the you know, you need a more solid ruck. You go, go f- you know, they could easily get in the conversation for, um, you know, uh, a ruckman like Source Jacobs or something like that, which. You know, you get one. You say to Source, "Look, okay, you're going to be challenging next year for the the top job, and then the next year you're going to slide more. You're going to be number two, but you're going to be, you know, you're going to push English the whole way. And if form warrants it, and his form isn't good, then you'll play. Yeah. And then year three, you're going to be the coach. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like what they've done with Hodge in Brisbane. Um, yeah. It's in a, a, a contract that will transition towards coaching. Go find a 
a good a good ruckman um, that can play right now, but can also support the development of of your young ruck. Yeah, and you also just need to go look for some um, potential value players that can play in that key well, forward, key back role. I've been really impressed with some of the players they've been linked with. Um, like they've been linked to to Josh Bruce, who I think is is probably. Um, in the AFL, he's probably a little bit underrated. Definitely um, underrated. I think at St Kilda, he's not. I think St Kilda fans certainly see his value. But yeah. I think wider in the AFL, I think he's a little bit underrated. But he would he would really straighten up their forward line and he'd actually allow Shaki a bit better development because he'd be able to push to number two. And, and Sorry, we've got, some, we've got some sleeping dogs waking up in the background. They could... That's all right. They're, they're cute puppies. Um, so, yeah, you're right. And, I mean, the other one who I think is also from St. Kilda is Jake Carlisle. He'd be a great fit for him. Yeah, I think both of those... If you could get a trade, if, the, if, if St. Kilda are looking to move on those guys and you could get a trade where you could bring in both of those guys um, for either a player and a, um, a mid-round pick or something like that, I'd take it every day of the week. Because, you, you, again, you improve both your key forward and your key back depth. And yep. you also bring in two clearly best twenty-two players, and I think they've probably got the trade bait. Like they've got they've got enough good, um, I guess, young players that are struggling with game time. So you, you obviously you touched on um, Toby McLean as one. Yep. They've also uh, I can't which is the I think it's one of the Baileys. So they got Williams and Dale. Yeah. Um, one of them's Bailey Dale's just signed. So is he the forward? He's the forward that kicked like might have been twenty goals in the last yeah, so six he, weeks. He's the one that you could probably tempt St Kilda with. But Bailey Williams, I know Bailey Williams, Lucas Webb. There's a couple of guys that have been in and out of the side with uh, form, and when they've come in, they've been looked brilliant, and they're not good at all. So there will be clubs that are willing to take a risk on those kind of guys and see yep. if they can get them right at their own club. You, you're completely right. Um, we are going to take a bit of a look now at some of their off contract players. So. Bailey Williams is one of those players, and I think probably the right thing is trade or re-sign. Yeah, look, he's, he's an AFL-quality player, so um, I think they have to keep him on the list. Yeah. Um, if if he's... Um, who am I saying? If, if basically he wants to continue, but if he wants to move for more opportunity, they should be moving him on. Cause yeah. Um, realistically, he he's definitely um, like an AFL quality player that just isn't getting opportunity at the moment. Yeah. Um, or not a lot of opportunity. Um, next up is uh, Buku Kamas. Who are we sure about that one? That's, that's I, I'm not 100% sure that he's an out of contract player. I mean, you would you re, you re, re rookie him regardless. I think that they moved him from a category B rookie, which they were able to select him at because he was a next gen to a Category A rookie last year. Okay. Um, and I think that they'll probably um, give him another uh, give him another year, at least in that sort of area, or upgrade him. Because, I mean, he's a long-term, he's a good option for them in that... Um, he's super, super exciting to watch. He's... Uh, I loved him. I mean, I had him sitting around the top 30 last year. I, I actually lo- love him as a defender. So I think that he is someone that can develop. I just think that he'll probably need some... He, he plays a bit similar to Quainer. To Quainer, uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would say maybe if you mix Quainer with um, a non-flying version of Wood, 
um, he's really good at stepping back and intercepting, yeah. um, like re- reading the play and stepping back and intercepting and then using. So I, I think that he'll be a good player. Dale Morris is obviously um, retired. retired. Uh, Fletcher Roberts, uh, restricted free agent, but I mean, hasn't been able to get a game uh, for them for some time. It, so it could be one that you let leave. I, I think that they'll let him leave. I don't know where he'll go, but I think that they'll let him leave. Um, Picken is another oh, one who's retired. Yep. Uh, so they're going to free up some list spots purely with retirements, and they're going to get even younger than they are at the moment. Lucas Webb, re-sign. Webb re-sign or trade, um, as in another one of those players. Same um, as Bailey Williams, I guess. Yeah, exactly, that I think might uh, might tempt another club that think that they can get the best out of him, but I don't think that they're getting the best out of him at the moment at the Dogs. Rourke Smith, Smith, I would probably delist, but I mean, I've been saying this every single year since. But he's played games this year and he's played well. I like him. I think they're going to re-sign him. I think they he, they like him, so needs, they'll probably re-sign keep, him. He needs to keep just. They, I mean, for the dogs, they probably need to just roll him on one year um, contracts to keep him. I guess. Um, to I guess manage the risk that he's got. Like yeah. he played what is it? Ten games? Nine, five games. Five games this year. Okay, so. Not not uh, an amazing amount of games this year, but I mean, I still think he's I think he's better than the draft pick that he's you would need. He's got he's got some upside. It's not that. It's that he's, he's been he's, he's he's been injured multiple times, and when he's come into the side, he hasn't been a clear best twenty two player. So for me, he just holds a lot of risk. I um, mean, you're right. Maybe it's just rolling one year deals, even though he's a young yeah, player. Yeah, so they need to risk manage the and, situation. until until he's got to a stage where he's played two or three years consistently, best twenty two footy. Um, so he's yeah, I mean, he's another one. Um, Ryan Gardner, I don't think gets another contract. Um, oh, I'd re-sign him just because they don't have key forward depth, and and he was a mid season. He was a mid season, but he's been at Geelong for a while before that. They might. Given the success that they have with Hamling, um, re-sign him. But I'd, I'd just re-sign him one year because it's a rookie. It's a rookie deal. He he played games because they had long-term injuries to Tom Boyd. Yeah, I, so I, see, I would. I'd re-rookie him. I would give a rookie contract to a different key forward in the VFL or AFL. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, I, I just I don't think that Gardner has the scope. Um, I think that he's been at I think a he's excellent depth. That's all. But he's been at. It was it was such a long for a long time as depth and didn't crack their side and and now he's been at Western Bulldogs and he cracked it for maybe one or two games but I think that they need to try the reason you I like trying somebody new is because you can hit the jackpot more like Ryan yeah. Ryan Gardner is never going to turn into Brody Myercheck no but but Brody Myercheck could be picked up as a rookie yeah but Ryan Gardner when you've got three key forwards and. You know, you're potentially talking about trading in one. You and I could have this argument forever because I agree. I just think they need to try different ones. Yeah, new but, ones, but fresh ones. Sometimes better the devil, you know. Sometimes worse. Um, <laughs> Tory Dixon, um, I think he gets another deal if he yeah, wants I to go. If he wants to go around again, how old is he now? He'd be in thirty something. Yeah, he'd be in his thirties. Um, mm. I think it was thirty-one. So he'd be thirty-two. Um, so one, one year. year. Deal. I mean, he's still a super player. So yeah, um, up to him really. Um, what is missing? Uh, for me, it's just a, it's actually really similar to Essendon, um, except they don't have the same deficiencies Essendon do. They're just more clearly in a growth area. As in, they need um, role players for their side. 
not just like they don't need more midfielders um i don't mean that i just mean they need role players so guys like yeah uh your jake kelly um it would be a good example of somebody like that uh hugh greenwood would be good jack martin i think is a really good fit for these guys um shy bolton would be a good fit for the dogs i think that they just need players um more more players because they're they're on the right path um, it's just a matter of being able to find the right guys to bring in. I'll just say, like, the, what's missing is pretty simple. It's it's ruck and key forwards and and high quality defenders apart from or just a dower defender. I'd like to see him. So, like, a Jake Kelly would be ideal for them because they could play Norton at centre half. And, and what do you reckon about um, Josh Jenkins? For a couple of years, yeah, he'd straighten him up. Um, I think he's a a great option like, so I, I think, he's, he's a lot like Josh Bruce in that way yeah I, yeah, I think that Bruce and Carlisle are the two ideals I think they're both better and they're probably longer term options being slightly younger as well but I, they definitely need um, some of these guys that are second string um, at their own clubs or, or are going to be moved on by their own clubs Try yeah. trying their hand at a couple of these taller types so as you said straighten them up yeah absolutely they, they've got Midfield, so the part, the reason, like looking at Essendon, looking at, at the dogs side by side, where Essendon we can sit there and go, their midfield balance isn't right, but they've got some good key posts, but again, they probably need depth and they need to get better balance. They've got too much similarity. I don't see a lot of that with the dogs. It's not too much similarity. They've got a beautifully balanced midfield. They've got lovely outside players, great inside players. They've got a stupidly talented Bontempelli. Yeah. Supported ably by his cast of thousands. Yes. They've they've got some key spine de- uh, key spine talent and the part where I look and go to the what what is missing, it's not so much a balance or it's not so much too much of the same. You just don't have some things. Yeah, they, so they, it's, it's probably the same as what I I probably didn't explain it well. The same as Essendon, but the reverse is in their upside is Essendon's downside. Is in their upside is strong, well balanced young midfield. Mm. Whereas Essendon would love to have that problem, but where Essendon have strength in going, we've got Saad, McKenna, Anthony McDonald, Tim and Woody, Fantasia. We've got all of these guys that are a fantastic support cast forwards and backs, including. Mm. Key, key position development as well that's what Western Bulldogs are missing they just have similar targets as in yeah. Essendon will resolve it by going um, like guys like CY as we said uh, Hugh Greenwood but I think that the dogs will resolve it by going guys like Jack Martin as we said Carlisle Bruce yeah. so Jenkins Jack, Jack Martin's a great pick for them I think he, he would give them something they really lack um, in that high quality uh, mid forward role yep. um, and I think since Dale's premiership year and I mean I think they got Lockie Hunter playing that role a bit yeah but, Hunter's more predominantly wing yeah but I just feel that yeah like Martin can offer something that they haven't had probably since their premiership year so it's a it's an excellent pick I think he's an excellent fit the same way Bruce would be a good fit Carlisle would be an exceptional fit as well so, they, I mean, they've got the right targets they're being linked to. Um, the, the, only, the only thing is that, you know, what do they have to lose to, to really get them? Yeah. Um, in terms of draft picks, I think they've still got their first, which is about... Um, Just give, give me a second to bring up the draft pick. So their first pick will be um, around 12. Yep. Uh, their second pick will be around 30. Uh, and then they've got 
Oh, but do they have a second pick? Yeah, they do. And they've got three third-round picks as well, which are... St Kilda, Hawthorne, and their own. And their own third-round picks. So they've got, a, they've got a reasonable amount of picks, which is good. Uh, and they have an academy player next year. So it wouldn't surprise me if they transitioned some of their picks into the future um, just to make I, sure that they've got enough points. So, yeah, th- here's where my question... So this is from... Uh, from Dieter, um, Dieter. Sorry, I forgot your name wrong. Dieter. Dieter. Yeah, something like that. Dieter, I think it is. Um, he asked on Twitter, could the Bulldogs trade their 2020 first round selection um, and their 2019 second round selection, um, which is about pick 30, for Carlton's pick 11 this year, um, which is uh, the Adelaide pick? Yeah. Um, and possibly a, a kicker on the back end, so a 2023 round, um, because they do have um, Jamara Ugal Hagen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugal Hagen um, next year, who is at the moment shaping like a top five. Yeah. So you know they probably don't want next year's pick, um, their first round pick. I'd be willing to let them lose that. I, I, yep. it's, it's a ripping question, and I actually think it's. It's one that Carlton could actually try and, um, you know, they could potentially benefit out of that sort of thing. Um, but I would want to see Carlton get a player. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that as well, um, potentially looking at the wrong club um, to as a, as a trade partner. I mean, I might be looking at doing that with a club that will have multiple first-round picks and might be willing to give up one this year. Brisbane? Yeah, Brisbane maybe who've got some picks later in this first round or even the Giants if they're looking to move some picks I think, into the I think future. the Giants will probably try and get to Melbourne or Adelaide's yeah, I, I, I agree, um, but we'll, we'll see how it all shakes up. Um, but I think that it's a better chance at happening with a club that's got multiple picks. Also, you have to work out the difference in value. Regardless of whether you want your first round pick next year, you've got to work out what your first round pick next year is worth in terms of a pick this year. Probably, I think, I think for them, given they've got a top five talent, and and look, gen, I, I, gen, I, genuinely, he like I, I from agree. what I've seen of him, I, I agree, I agree, I completely agree with the with the thought process behind it. But if I'm looking at the dogs and saying your pick this year is about twelve, yeah. uh, and you we're going to say you finish around the same spot next year, maybe five spots higher, maybe five spots lower. I don't know how the dogs are going to go. But let's say you get twelve again next year. Twelve next year is probably worth. 21 22 this year it's not the same it's a different market completely different market so trading you yes you can do it but you might not get the kind of value that you'd expect in i i would like to see them i i would actually like to see them bundle up like that because what effectively they're doing is they'd be promoting this year's second round pick they'd be promoting that up into a first round pick which gives them a crack at so let's say for argument's sake, what pick twelve? We're probably looking at guys that they would love to be there at pick twelve. A Will Gould, um, uh, probably um, Fisher McCassie. McCassie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're probably two that I reckon they'd have their eye on. Maybe even potentially uh, someone like um, Dylan Stevens probably wouldn't be too bad for him because they, I mean, I, another I, outside player wouldn't hurt. But I guess like looking at it, they they could get two early first rounds. They could, you know, even if they could get a pick around about that eighteen mark, they could turn next year's pick into a pick eighteen. They could go get Brody Kemp and hold on to him for a year, and he's what he's something they haven't got. Yeah, I don't know if Kemp will be around at eighteen either. Not but 15. it's yeah, this is 
I, I agree with the with the thought behind it, but this is where it gets really hard valuing future drafts versus current drafts. Is that if you go, we're going to give up our second round pick at thirty and our future first round pick, which might be say twelve. We're just going to give them the say say it's yeah. twelve. That twelve probably to most clubs is valued at about twenty two or twenty three this year, which means you're trading twenty two, twenty three, and thirty, which means probably the best that you'll be able to shake is maybe a 16 because you're going to remember the draft falls away, not dramatically, but there's definitely stages of this draft where if you can get inside the top 15, then you've done really, really well with that trade. I would say next year's pick 12, based on what we've seen, is probably worth like real value in this year's draft will be worth in the teens. Like, I dis- I, I, Are you saying next year's that shallow? Yes, I flat I I honestly I disagree. And not only that, you've also got to take into account the fact that people discount the future. So that you for paying into the future, at minimum you lose say five slots. So typically we see it's worth two thirds of the value um, of, a, of a draft spot. So if you were trading out a pick twelve uh, next year, um, if you could project that, you'd be aiming for a pick eighteen this year. So that's probably your best hope. Then you've also got to take into account that the draft is weaker, which means I think it pushes it back further. I honestly think that the best you'll get for a mid to late first round pick next year, which is where the dogs are sitting, mm. is a 20s pick at best for for a uh, a future pick. That's very direct. And that's why you, you're throwing the kicker of a second round. It's why you have to throw in the kicker of a second round. And and I think, that it is, I think it's worth it to get up. And I think that it's also worth it for a club to consider moving more picks into the future. Because as I said... Like with the Essendon stuff, it's hard to predict the future. So, but so for next year for the future picks, I don't see them having an issue. I, they can easily flick those third rounders across this year yeah. into future picks. But what I'm looking at is going. They they have a really high quality balance across and young high quality. They've potentially got the opportunity in two years to add three very high quality players. Yeah. In in the space of two drafts, that would address a key forward in. Um, Ugal Hagen. Yep. They would be able to address. Um, they will with a Will Gould. They'd be able to address a replacement for um, Dale Morris. Yep. And with a player like Fisher McCasey or or even a Brody Kemp or something, they get a player who can play back and forward. Yep. And in Kemp's case, he can play through the middle. And in Fisher McCasey's case, they get you know a guy who's essentially can play a third or a key. And it means you can continue with with McCasey there. You could continue playing Norton forward, and you'd get this. Amazing, like, I mean, Luke Beveridge loves flexibility. We know that. We look at the way he plays his team. It's it's chop and change. I can plug this piece in wherever I need it. So in that case, you know, getting a guy like Mackesy, who's who's starred as a defender, but has actually played most of his junior career as a forward yeah. and played key forward in in the knockout game where they unfortunately lost the the APS final to um well not final the APS game to Caulfield. Um, he played as a key forward there, and like it, it just it all fits. I just think that something like that from the Dogs would just they would be they they would be a team like we spoke with Essendon. You'd look at their midfield and you're not scared. In I look at the Dogs midfield now and I worry. Yep. But you go and add some talent like we're talking. You know they've already got Norton. Shacky looks like he's coming on well. They got English. You go throw in in um, you know. Uh, a Kemp, a Maxi, and Ugo Hagen, and five years time, I'm sitting there looking at that list and going, 
Jesus, like, what do you do? You've got yeah. super talent everywhere, and it's just going to be support players for them. Yeah, I agree. I think they're probably... Um, so we've actually covered off a couple of players that they should be looking at in the draft there as well, because yeah. uh, I agree with all of those players for their picks. I think they'll probably do better um, trying to offload multiple picks this year and their future first-round picks. So rather than just one, I would be making like a large offer, sort of what Port did last year. You know how Port moved in lots of picks into early picks and yep. got those three picks in the first round. I think that if they sent their picks that are currently sitting 41, 46, and 48, if they sent all of those picks, their second round pick, which is 30, and their first round pick, which their future first round pick, so that's a future first round, a second round, and three third round picks. If they sent that, I reckon that they could go to North Melbourne, Carlton, these kind of clubs, and say, we want your first round pick this year, your second round pick next year, and your third round pick next year. So it's three third rounders and a second rounder for a first rounder. Like as in, you get an, yeah. you get an additional two third round picks but the two third round picks that are additional and the second round pick additional are in this draft rather than next draft, which is which is where I think that it balances a little bit more. Yeah. So I think they to do that, they need to find someone who's got academy players. This who, year? Yeah, who's going to pay for them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, as I said, like I, I actually think that would be a good trade for North um, because I know that North probably need high upside players, but this is this draft more than next draft, I would rather have... Uh, lots of picks in the second and third round. I would free up a lot of list spaces and just go, let's just wait and see who everyone else doesn't pick because there's a lot of players in this draft that you could say are worth a top 20 pick or a top 30 pick or a top 40 pick. So Mm. just get a fistful of picks between uh, 25 and 45 and say, we're going to pick six people there. Next year, we're going to take two first round picks in and see how Mm. high we can get. And we'll probably get, hopefully for them, above the the Uglehagen that might actually end up placing the bid yeah. uh, on him. But, but, that's, but that's okay. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's okay I, I could because... see a deal like that happening. Um, I mean, as far as we sort of talked about some of the draftable players for them, Fisher Mackesy is the right kind of player. Will Gould, I think, is a good fit for any club around there. Um, I think Brody Camp, again, is another good option. Jeremy Sharp, a good option. I could and, see him placing a bid uh, on Liam Henry around here, actually. Yeah, yeah, Liam Henry would be a good fit. I mean, they've got a lot of good players that would be a good fit around that mark. Second round, I'd like to see him throw out a Cam Tahini. He's yeah. the type of utility player they could use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that those are all the right kind of players. But, I mean, for them, um, a move like what you sort of talked about from... Uh, the, the di- thanks, Dida, for that question. Um, apologies on the pronunciation from both Sean and I. Um I'll have to correct us. Yeah. Send, send us I, 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 think that's, I think that's the right kind of approach is just um, front end the talent coming in. So try get try get two picks this year. Know that you've got another high-end pick next year and trust that you have enough talent on the list and then fill the rest of the spots with um, players, like as in guys like your Sam Lloyds, your Taylor Gerays that are going to be value to you, more valuable to you than uh, to anyone else. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, I really liked when I got the message, I was pretty, um, like, I digested it for a little while and I thought about it. The more I thought about it, I thought that that's exactly what they need to do. Um, Like, it's it's what we speculated that Sydney had to do with the Blakey bid um, and that sort of thing. It's just sometimes when you look at it and you know you've got such an obviously talented junior and, you know, you got to roll that dice 
um, like his talent is going nowhere, and like he like Jamar Eagle Hayden, Hayden kicked was it three goals in the last game. Yep. Um, he obviously plays with Noah Anderson and Matt Rowell at Oakley Chargers, um, but yeah, he kicked he kicked a bag full in his last game, and he's he's kicked you know thirty odd. 30-odd goals or something for the year. So he's had a really good four, and he's he's a key forward that that the dogs just don't have. Yeah, okay. So we yeah, I think we're both in agreement. What they do is um, they go after some key position players that are available at other clubs, role players yep. that they can fit into their own club, and they try to bring in a couple of players this year. And if they can do that, then they'll, they'll be a, yep. a force to be reckoned with. And we'll wrap it up there because, um, as I said, we're a bit time restricted for this second podcast. But uh, we do thank you again for listening. Uh, We are going to try to get to all of these teams as they're eliminated during the finals. It is harder because we generally don't record until the middle of the week. So, well, so I think we'll probably just release on a on a Thursday and maybe a Saturday. Yeah, we'll we'll just release later in the week for for these next few. But um, and potentially in the week of finals, we might do um, some final podcasting as well, the grand final that is. But thank you again for listening and uh, and for engaging with us on Twitter and uh, look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Yeah, thanks guys for listening. Apologies for pronunciations. We do love getting Twitter <laughs> questions. Um, yeah, no, it was, it's really good to get the interaction and, and everything and um, we hope everyone's enjoying these list analysis for this year. Yeah. Thanks guys. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, You're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. Know when anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.